Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is the Matt Williamson, and uh, welcome to 2024, Matt. Yeah, Happy New Year to all, and we're on a good note, too, bringing in the new year right. Gotta love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Of course, the Steelers picking up a win in Seattle. First time that's happened since 1983. Um, Seems like a million years ago, but... I was still in high school. Yeah, I was 10. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long time. Yeah, I just did a show with Wolf. He was there. He was on the field paving the way for Franco. Yes, Wolf has seen them both. He has seen the both. Good point. Yeah, and many in between. That I didn't told go him quite on the well. uh, yeah. on the way back. I said you were involved in both wins, big time. In major contributor yeah. in both in different yeah. ways. Different ways. Good stuff. Uh, so the Steelers win that game thirty to twenty three. Um, the running game. I, oh. I I tweeted out at one point during the game. I don't know if I've ever seen an offensive line dominate a defensive line like that. Yeah. In the professional football game. I mean, it doesn't happen often, but it was a butt-kicking for sure. And, boy, I mean, the first thing I noticed is just how hard the running backs run, Oof. too, especially Najee. I mean, again, that's nothing against Warren, nor am I downplaying what so, you said about the So, good morning line. football, on that on that note, good morning football on, on the NFL Network has mm-hmm. their angry runs of the week. That, that I heard about Kyle this. Brandt this is does. hilarious, yeah. He, does, he picks four runs every week. Okay. And and then they vote on it and decide who's going to have the, the the angry run of the week. You get a t shirt, you get the little scepter. Gotcha. There, so there are four runs this week. All four of them either involved Najee Harris or Jalen Moore. They had two each. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty phenomenal. I, I mean, they like take it personal now. Yeah. And it's like a fight every time they get the ball. Like I'm not going out of bounds. I'm going to swing at you, fight, dr- you know, drag like barroom brawls. Will. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> unconventional runs, especially with Harris too. But no, I thought they were phenomenal. Harris would have gotten my game ball, but there were plenty to go around, including all the blocking, uh, the O-line, of course the quarterback, that Pickens guy's all right as well on offense. So group effort, but uh, I thought Najee set the tone. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of that in in the offensive line. uh, Again, moving the line of scrimmage, it looked like a battle down there, and you just saw – you know, the, the line, they would snap the football, and the line would move like five yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, just utter domination. And, play after play. You know, like at halftime, uh, I looked up the stats, and Seattle had three guys with eight or more tackles in the first half. In the first half. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it says a lot. The Steelers, I, mean, I think, had play their, after play. Yeah, and... The Steelers' had leading tackler had five, and then they, everybody else had three. <laughs> everybody else had three. Okay. <laughs> it just says all you need to know. I mean, like, I think Bush, the former Steeler, ended up with like 17 he had tackles. 17, the most 17 meaningless tackles. You wouldn't that even argue he was out there. Yeah. I mean, making just plays. Jumping on people's backs. <laughs> eight yards downfield, <laughs> trying to get nausea to the ground with friends and not being super <laughs> successful with it until, you know, you go for a ride. Yeah. You would never thought he was. He wasn't an impact player. I mean, the fact that he had 17 tackles is good for him, but that's just stats on the back of a football card. You know? And we had talked about that last week being a path to victory. Oh, yeah. That was one way that they could do that. I didn't think that they would do it quite to the level that as they did. As thoroughly or as physically or yeah. you know, on the road. Right. And 
I also worried, boy, could Seattle jump out 14 nothing, and then you can't stick to it as much as you want. Yeah. But, man, I think one of the themes of the season when you look back at the 2023 Steelers are when they run the ball well, they're really hard to beat. And when they don't have a, not even dominant, but an upper-tier running performance, whether it's because of game script, the opponent, poor play by yourself, they usually lose those games, you know? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before the season start. What the, what their script would be? Yeah, yeah. You know, okay, they want to be the more physical team. They want to run the football, sure. play defense, and and you know, shorten the game. And we uh, talked about it all off season. I think that started after the bye last yeah. year. I mean, they they built everything a running that game you then. did. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. go get a, a big physical tight end. Let's yes. go sign Isaac Sayamalu and Allen Robinson. Yeah, <laughs> might as well like, screamed yeah. it from the rooftop. Hey, here's what we're going to do. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, did they need? Herbig is an extra offensive lineman. Eh, we'll throw him in the mix anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he's big and nasty. I mean, and there's no question. That's the foundation. And when it's clicking, they're hard to beat. Yeah. Um, and Plus that the is. the quarterback's playing well. You know, that's <laughs> you not know? A, a bad Seattle team that they beat out there. No, I'm not impressed with their defense, but that's a good football the team. The offense is, is dangerous. One the, it's one of the better offenses in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were, for a while there, it was matching score for score. My halftime notes were. Seattle can't stop the run. Pittsburgh can't stop the pass. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. You know, and second half was different, but a lot of it's because Seattle could only run forty-seven plays. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. Just, just dominant. Like I'm not saying I'd rather have a run game than a pass game in the NFL, but sometimes you would because you can keep their pass game off the field. I'd rather know? have a run game and a pass rush. Yeah. 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 You know, to be able to do that. Now I know the Steelers only had the one sack mm-hmm. in the game. But I thought the pass rush affected yes. the game in terms of making you know he yeah Smith scrambled around and made some plays. I thought very very well to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, he made a difference. But in those in some of those situations, they rushed him to throw before he wanted to, and and, and you know forced some incompletions. Yeah, my I do a podcast like as soon as the kickoff, as soon as the whistle ends, and one of my things was. I expected more from the Steelers' defensive front because as we previewed the game, I thought their two keys to victory were running the football. We both said, I mean, like, Steelers have an advantage running the ball in their building and their defensive front's better than their O-line. But then letting it settle in and, you know, we didn't have a drive yesterday, so, you know, watched it, threw it on again. I had the game on just even in the background, not studying it, just on the TV copy as I did other stuff. He was under pressure a lot. A lot. I mean, yeah. the sacks weren't there, but he was under pressure a lot. And then I saw it was either Pro Football Focus or one of those pass rush win rate stats that we don't love. But Adams, um, Ogunjobi, and Benton were all very high in their like pressure rate and win percentage and things like that. They just didn't end up in sacks. And Gino is a professional quarterback who buys time well. He handled pressure very well, maneuvered within the pocket or outside the pocket well, and he deserves a lot of credit. But the D-line did their job. Yeah, yeah, I thought they affected the game. Yeah. Um, You know, so the Steelers come out of that with a win. Uh, Mike Tomlin saying Monday he's sticking with Mason Rudolph. That's the obvious choice. Uh, I don't know that you have any choice, really. I don't either. I mean, everyone knows I'm in the EPA and all that. But over the last two weeks— they're the third best offense in the league. I mean, it's a small sample size. I don't care who you're playing. Uh, yeah, I don't think those defenses are great. But if you're the third best offense in the league, you don't pull the plug. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were begging maybe in the offseason. If they could just have league average offense, you know, 
this team will be hard to beat, let alone a good one, you know. I mean, so you have to keep it rolling. It's a yeah. must-win game. In the two starts, Rudolph is 35 of 51. That's 68%. Yeah. For 564 yards. They're That's not a, all short dinking dunks either. You 11 know. yards per attempt. Wow. Pickens with with Rudolph at it quarterback, it's averaging like 27 yards a catch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you put this in your 10 thoughts. I mean, he has six catches, I think, of 33 yards or more. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's bonkers. That's a season's worth for, yeah, for most he, guys. He, his, his yards per route run in this game was over five. Like, if you're over two, is good. I mean, and the other thing about it, you know, you, you start looking at the deep balls. Rudolph's four of eight for 181 yards and a touchdown. You're not going to hit all of those. Mm-mm. Uh, but if you hit 50% of them, you're doing oh, pretty you're well. You're doing really well, right. Um, and, and I don't know if you saw this number. I'm trying to see if I still have it here. Uh, on passes on out routes. I did. It was a next-gen like, stat yeah, of the week. Yeah, it was like 8 9 for, you know, just... Very high completion percentage on outbreaking routes, which are hard throws. I yeah. mean, usually it's, you know, the ball has to travel further than the 12-yard out or 8-yard out because you're driving it across the field vertically. Yeah, and I don't think of him as a huge arm guy, but I don't think it's a problem either. Yeah. He's been accurate on those. The other thing is, if you look at on on passes of less than 2.4 seconds, mm, okay. when he's gotten the ball out quickly, 17 of 21 for 280 yards and two touchdowns. Wow. I didn't know that, but that's passes the eyeball test because he's very much playing within the structure of the play. You and the, know? and like, the one thing that he does on his deep balls a lot of times mm-hmm. Is he'll just catch the ball, step back, and be, puts a lot he, of air. He under throws it. rainbows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm gonna just, out of his hands. Quick. I'm gonna throw it out there. I'm, I trust what I saw at the line of scrimmage. Okay, I'm gonna take. A, okay, mm-hmm. I think he's gonna he's gonna win this. So I'm just gonna lay it out there and let the receiver run under. You saw it on the one deep ball in the corner route to Pickens. Yeah. Where when he threw it was that, in the ball for Arizona yeah. for a while. When he threw that ball, I didn't think there was any way Pickens is getting. Oh, that. I didn't either. I'm like, what's that? You know, Jeff Blake rainbow type yeah. of thing. So. I'm sure everybody remembers Ben's last year. He was at, like, the quickest average time to throw in the league. He was right there with Tom Brady. Yeah. And Brady won the Super Bowl that year. I'm pretty sure they did win the Super Bowl that year with Tampa. And Brady was remarkable because he was right there with Ben in terms of average time to throw. But he also had a ton – he had a high average depth of target. And I've talked to some people, and even this goes back to my ESPN days. I remember interviewing a defensive back on our podcast, and they said there's nobody like Brady at putting the ball so when it comes down, it's like the nose Dropping is, it into a tunnel. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Like, he, he gets the ball out, it hangs in the air forever, and then it falls right in the receiver's easy only spot they can get it's it. It's easy to catch. And you give, like, a Fitzgerald or a Moss or a Pickens all that time to adjust to the ball and shield the defender— you're playing to their strengths. You're you know? also giving them more of the ball to catch. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, he did a great job with that stuff. Yeah, um, and I, you know, sack him, you know, it's two games in a row of this. Yeah, you know, right out to where it goes. Is it crazy to think he could do it three times in a row? And if so, where do you go with this? Yeah, I mean, is it crazy to say he can do it for the next ten years? I mean, I'm I'd love to see him in camp next year. <laughs> I mean, even if he falls on his face in this game, I don't think you. Just see him walk out the door without even talking contract with him. Yeah, I mean, I think you need to do everything possible to bring him back. And at least yeah, see where I'm, it goes. I might even say he's a starter. I don't know. That's I, I, I want him in the mix. I don't know either. And, and, and of course, you know, by winning that game, 
The Steelers didn't get the help that they needed. They knew that going into the game because all those games had been at one o'clock. They the only help they get... got was the Ravens winning. Yeah, that was really it. <laughs> it was like Everything the only else break was kind of yeah. And I guess Denver winning because there's yeah, one, there's one scenario that if Denver if the Steelers lose to the Ravens and Denver wins on mm. Sunday, and I think Buffalo loses or one of those uh, Jack Jacksonville loses. Okay, the Steelers win the tiebreaker and get in because the Denver eliminates Jacksonville. And then the Steelers have a better conference record than, than okay. So it's so that was the only other good thing that happened at all. Yeah. Okay. But the Steelers have put themselves in a situation here where if they win, we know that Houston or Indianapolis is going to lose. Mm-hmm. If they don't all the lose, tie scenarios if, aside, I don't even want to talk if about it's tie. a tie, that's even better. I say that's a gift from above. Yeah, right? yeah. Because then you're in. Then you're in, right? Um, if Buffalo loses, mm-hmm. you're in. If you win, or if Jacksonville loses, you're in. Yeah. I mean, none of those are promised or guarantees by any stretch, but you only need one. You only need it, one right. of those things well, happen. Just one. After a win. If, yeah, if you yeah, win. Yeah. And the beauty of it to me, Matt. It's nice you play first, too. You, do you, you play yeah, first? Yeah, it's pretty cool, yeah. So the, pressure's, the pressure then is then placed on Buffalo and Jacksonville mm-hmm. and those teams because now they know the situation. They, it becomes a lot we clearer have for to them. Win. It comes yeah. a lot clearer for them, right. And then you just sit back and root and hope that it goes your way, you know. And we'll see. I mean, we'll break down other games, I'm sure, throughout the week, although it's already Tuesday. Yeah. We've seen these situations in the past where it's worked out for the Steelers. We've Mm -hmm. seen some where it hasn't worked out. I don't know that they've been quite as straightforward in the past, though, as this one. No, a lot of times you have to hit like a 17. Yeah, it's got to be like three different teams to lose. This is, you just need one of that group. Mm -hmm. And all of them are possible. I mean, like, I'm sure people are like, the Bills have no chance of losing. Yeah, Miami's They're really banged Miami. up, but Buffalo struggled this past week. The last week. two weeks. Yeah, they've not been the juggernaut. Jacksonville, I assume Lawrence will be back, but who's to say they've had their they issues They lost four in a row well. with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then those other teams, too, are, have their issues. Everybody's their issues. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what to expect um, from this. All I know is that the Steelers, um, after three straight losses— that were just three straight disheartening losses. Oh, yeah. There's no way fans are Everybody remembers the mood of the team then. Um, now you're in. This is a much different look to things. Yeah, and even worst case scenario, you you lose to Baltimore. The rest of the games don't matter. I think you're once again going into an optimistic off season. You know, yeah. I mean, there, there's questions, but there's also resources to get better. If you can beat the Ravens, you're a ten win team in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's going to be said like for that. there's yeah. going to be like. What, seven or eight 10-win teams in the NFL? Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, you're one of them. And you're one of them. You're one of them. I mean, it... it, You're not that far away. You're not that far away. And oh, by the way, you went 5-1 and in in the the league's toughest division. Toughest division, right. Even if you go 4-2. and I mean, there's a lot to build off again this year. There's a lot of questions, but we we have plenty of time for off-season talk. I mean, this was a very good win in Seattle. And I I just got done on a, a different show and said, boy, the... Back seven still terrifies me with the Steelers. I mean, but maybe Minka's back. Who's to say? But I thought that was a playoff caliber performance in Seattle by the Steelers. You're not going to see many. Diff- you're not going to see many better sec- uh, wide receiver groups. No, than that one. No, and Kenneth Walker looked like a stud. He's a yeah. They should have got him the ball a little more too. By the way, but hey, you he know, banged up his shoulder. Yeah, so, I know he yeah. was in and out, but he looked phenomenal. He looked impossible. He looked like the Steeler backs. To be honest with you. <laughs> You know, and their tight ends aren't horrible. Their receivers are big time. Small underreported story. I've been really hard on Chan- on Sullivan. I thought Jason Smith and the Jigbo was a lock for like five, six, seven, eight catches. He was nowhere to be found. You know, yeah. like they did a lot better job against those guys. You know, Metcalf had his, but 
Okay, he's good. He didn't get him when it counted, when they needed it. At the end, absolutely. And, you know, didn't think you were to shut these guys out. No, no. I, you know, we both, when we predicted this game, yeah. we both had it in the 20s. Mm-hmm. As it was, it was yeah. played in the 20s. Yeah, they didn't allow a lot of explosives. <laughs> they didn't. They couldn't sustain offense. A lot of three and outs. No three and outs for the Steelers. How about yeah. that? I mean, that's, could you imagine saying that three, two, three months ago? Well, and, the, and the other thing, Matt, was they had two pre-snap penalties. Yeah. Both on the tight ends. The offensive line had no pre-snap penalties in Seattle. Now, yeah. there were a lot okay. of Steeler fans there, but I'm here to tell you, that place was still very loud. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, kudos <laughs> to the Steeler fans, loud. by the way. It's uh, built to be very it's loud. It's built to be loud. But kudos to Steeler fans. I'm shocked that you guys represented as well as you did. That's unbelievable. Very cool. And it seemed to help, I'm sure. But, yeah, you're right. The communication stuff was much, much better. No false starts. We even said, like, They'll probably have a couple false starts. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. just what happens in Seattle. Yeah, and uh, I thought the protection was was extremely oh, good. good. Yeah, um, some of that was because it, it, it actually even I was going to say some of that was because of the way they were running the ball, but it was from the get go. No, I say it's from the start. Yeah, and from those the start guys of the game. Good pass rushers, the Moffes and Jones and Williams. None of those guys, you know, greatly influenced the game as a pass rusher. I thought Rudolph. I think better than certainly the other two quarterbacks on the roster. He may not run as fast in a fast line as those guys. He doesn't. I mean, he's going to lose a race yeah. all day long to both those dudes. But in terms of Marino, Brady, movement within the pocket, like Gino did a lot of good stuff there too. Yeah. Like subtle movement. Don't run into pass rushers. You know, keeping your eyes downfield. Rudolph's quite good at that now. And not only that, uh, he seems to be, be different in terms of standing tall in the pocket yeah. and delivering the football. A couple of those throws to Pickens down the field, yeah. the pass rush w- was getting up on him, and he still just stood there and threw- and delivered the football. And they were arm throws. The, the, yeah, again, you can't step in. You know, like Ben was as good as anyone at that. Yeah. I mean, just muscling it out there. And he's never going to be Ben. I don't mean these comparisons like he's Montana Brady, you know, the guys I just mentioned. But it, there's something to be said. The toughness is absolutely there. The understanding of letting routes develop, and watch his helmet. He he has a very calm helmet. He, he you know it's not eyes dropping or going to the side. He's going through his progressions very solidly, holding the ball as long as he has to to let somebody uncover. Throws one deep, you know, or throws one high in the air so it hangs for Pickens in that case. But he couldn't hold that ball an instant longer. Yeah, no, I mean they they were right on him. Yeah, I mean that's and, a gutsy play. Yeah. Um, I to me, his arm strength looks like it's better than it was mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. in 2019. I agree. Um, his pocket presence seems like it's better than it was in 2019. Yes. And he's a better quarterback than he was in 2019. Certainly his progressions and all those things, too. So we do a show every Thursday with Rob King, but I also do another show with him. And I remember doing the pregame show with Rob, and I just met him. And he said, I remember you telling me this at the beginning of the season, Matt, that Third progression reading in the NFL is, like, gone. You know, that it's one, two, run. Pass rushers are too good. Pass rushers are too good, and people don't even design it. But you watch Rudolph, he's clicking through certainly more than anyone else has at quarterback this year for the Steelers, sometimes even getting to three because he's so decisive. Is it there? Nope. Boom. Pre-snap. I'm going to go there. Nope. You know. Hanging in the pocket instead of drifting out of it. Yeah. And, again, pocket movement – isn't scrambling around and turn your back like Pat Mahomes. That stuff's great, but most people can't do that successfully. It's standing in there and subtle little – Greg Cosell says it's like a boxing ring. You know, you, yeah. you better not 
drop your eyes from your opponent. You're, <laughs> you're going to have the bloody nose on your back. And that's what quarterbacking is. I mean, he's doing NFL quarterback stuff. Yeah, I, I'm, I've been very impressed. And, yeah. I, you know, I've always been amazing. I say you're allowed to get better. Yeah, amazing <laughs> guy, and he has gotten better. There's yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And he deserves to, to, to make this start again next week. Yeah. We'll talk more about what happened in Seattle and, well, where the Steelers are at right now. We're going to get to a break, though. He is the Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lolly. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Hey, Steeler fans, you can gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops. They're located at Acrisure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or you can visit online at shop.steelers.com. Go get yourself a Mason Rudolph jersey if you so choose. I bet they're picking up. Might be back next year, folks. Yeah, Who knows? Might be the Get case. Why the case is good? Yeah. Uh, so, looking at today's practice report for mm, the Steelers. Okay. Now, yeah. today was a walkthrough uh, type situation. Um, first so, practice back for the Steelers. I'm sure everyone's aware they play Saturday, by the yeah. way. So, this practice report's going to be a little goofier than usual. Right. All week. Uh, so, Kenny Pickett, full participant. It's nice. already been uh, announced it, and, and he said it again today. He will be the number two. Mike Tomlin said that yesterday. Uh, Trenton Thompson. That's a done deal. Mason yeah. starting pickets two. There you go. Trenton Thompson uh, with that neck issue was limited. Okay. Uh, Najee Harris with the knee was limited. That's fine. He yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You no get concern. the ball twenty-seven times like yeah, that. I'm you sure can... some things hurt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick did not practice, mm-hmm. nor did Landon Roberts. But those two guys have a chance to play this week. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Uh, Isaac Samalo with the shoulder was limited participant. I thought he was great on that. I thought him and Jones were the best wow, line they out just, there. They yeah. both were phenomenal, but yes. And then Cam Hayward with the uh, groin was limited as well. Okay. Um, uh, on Baltimore's I, side of things. Real quick, if you don't mind. Yeah. I don't remember any major Steeler injuries from this game. Uh, the only one where somebody left was T.J. Watt when he got tackled late in the game yeah. on on his way to the quarterback. and then They weren't big on calling holding in this game either. They didn't call any. <laughs> right. Not only yeah. did, did Forsyth, who was the backup tackle, mm-hmm. not only did he hold Watt on the play, he then fell on top of them. It was a pretty obvious call. Usually right? that's a that's a hold right away. Uh, when you usually when you get that call, tackle yeah. the guy to the ground right in front of the quarterback, or in this case <laughs> right, right behind the, the quarterback, yeah, yeah. That's usually a hold all day long. Okay. But no major injuries no. From the, that I noticed. Okay, good. Yeah, Watt, saying, Watt today was named the uh, team MVP for the fourth time, by the way, in five years. Pretty easy call. Yeah. Uh, he said today he's he's like, I'm playing. So good, not good, a problem. Good. But the ones to watch are Minka and Roberts. Yes. Throughout the week. Yeah. We'll, talk, we'll talk about them a bunch. Uh, so for the Ravens, this is a lengthy list here. And they also, I believe, had a walkthrough. Okay. Uh, Zay Flowers did not practice. He was calf. in another game with the calf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, safety Kyle Hamilton with a knee was limited. That's been two or three weeks for him. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. He's so valuable to them. I would not play him. Linebacker Malik Harrison has a groin. That one's interesting because he would be. He would. You want him to play. You want him to play because he would be the backup to Queen or. And or Roquan. Or Roquan. Yeah, he's one a of the two. piece. He's yeah. a second level guy. So you want him to be healthy. Uh, cornerback Marlon Humphrey with a calf did not practice. Okay. I can't imagine. I bet plays. he doesn't play either. Cornerback Arthur Millette with a hip was limited. You want him to play? Yeah. I mean, he's been good for them. They've gotten a lot out of him, but he's still Arthur he's still a, yeah, He right. still has somebody to target down yeah, the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, linebacker Delshawn Phillips has a shoulder. He was know, limited. I don't know anything about him. I, I would assume he's one of their depth 
I don't know if he's a second level guy or an edge guy. And, yeah, you know they call. I don't know what they call them. Well, they just call him a linebacker here. They do okay. designate the difference between their outsides and, and just their linebackers. Oh, okay. So that's two of their be... backup linebackers who are hurt. I would think they want to rest Roquan. Yeah. Well, Pat- Patrick Queen has a shoulder. He was limited. Ooh. Wonder if you're going to be able to watch. Or sit, well, you might have to bring somebody out. up off the practice squad. Yeah. At a minimum. Uh, cornerback Brandon Stevens had an as an ankle. He was limited. He's a starter. He played. He's been playing really well. For I him. mean, that's Humphrey and, and Stevens. That's your two two year starting corners. Yeah, they're all corner and linebacker. And, yeah, and a safety mixed in there too. Um, all back seven guys. Outside linebacker Kyle Van Noy was limited. Okay, he's got a calf injury. He's up in age too. I would think. I think he'd try to rest him yeah, if he could. Yeah, and he's had a good season. He's had a good season. Yeah, yeah he, he's fitting in really well. Defensive back Daryl Worley with a shoulder and ankle okay. did he's not a practice. Guy, but. Again, they get some depth guys who are hurt. Like mm-hmm. if you can't pull starters out if these guys are hurt. It's hard to field a team yeah. if all of a sudden and get the best guys off the field. And then guard uh, Kevin Zeitler with the knee and quad was limited. Did he play at all? Uh, he did not last I week. He was, he was he, yeah, he was inactive. Okay. Now again, that's an estimated report because mm-hmm. they actually didn't practice today. Should we so get some into of that who plays will, and who doesn't yeah. for them? Eh, yeah, let's do that later in the week. week. I mean, Lamar won't. Yeah. That, well, one thing that Harbaugh said. Uh, John Harbaugh had his press conference yesterday, and one of the things that he told their reporters uh, was that, look, I'm not going to go through person by person who's not who's going to play mm-hmm. and who's not going to play, but it will be obvious when you see us on the practice field who's not playing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so we'll we'll have pretty good answers yeah. in a day or two here. Probably, I mean, no later than Thursday. Mm-hmm. Like, you made okay, we're going to let this guy go limited today, but he, he's not going to practice at all. Because you don't want him sitting around all week. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And plus, you're going to have to get some practice squad you guys get ready some other, to, yeah. to know what they're doing. Got to get some right. guys ready to go. So, I mean, the Steelers, that's a situation. It's hard to prepare for. It's it, hard to comment on. It is. Um, this we were is talking a... off the air about how we you know, we do this matchup show with Rob. How do you talk about matchups? Can't get too specific. No, right. I'm yeah. not exactly sure who's out there. You know, in, in that situation, it makes it maybe a little bit harder for the Steelers because if you know you're playing Lamar mm-hmm. uh, he's different no matter how much Huntley is Lamar like he's not the MVP he's the not league. Lamar <laughs> he's not the league they do MVP. different things yeah. with him and what they do with Lamar yeah yeah <laughs> you had some good suggestions off the air and again well this is more of a later in the week thing I bet they run the ball a ton try to get out of there and you know this is what you said Big personnel, the Charlie Kohlers of the world, and Nelson Aguilar's, and give Melvin Gordon a ton of yeah, carries. Just run and, the ball forty yeah. times and get out of there because your your main goal, if you're the Ravens in this game, is not to beat the Steelers. No. It's to get out of this game with as few quickly as possible, with as few injuries as possible. Even if they're depth guys, mm-hmm. your plan. You're the number one seed in the, in the conference. Yeah. You're the only team that gets a bye. Your plan is you're trying to win the Super Bowl. We got two two games that we have to play to get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We can't afford to even lose depth pieces at this point because right. you want to be at full strength when you roll into the into your first playoff game. Yeah, and if it comes down to at the end of the game, uh, an extra point ties it and sends it to overtime. Well, they're going for two. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like I'm sure they're going to be they're going to be competitive. They'd love to knock the Steelers out, but goal number one here is win the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, how, what's the best way to do that? Absolutely, and it's really the same goal for the Steelers here. You're trying to get into the playoffs, so you, you know you, you're going to play. Everybody, obviously, but by any means necessary. If you're healthy here. enough to play, you're going to play. Yeah, and in the questionable this... guys not going to play for the Ravens. They're going to play for the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. You know, Landon Roberts is talking like I'm, I'm going to. 
push to play in this game. You know, yeah. because, I thought that was a foregone conclusion. That's good news. Yeah. Um, you know, same thing. You know, you're, you're, you're a good chance you try to get Minka Fitzpatrick back for this game. You know, there's no tomorrow. There's no tomorrow, right? You know, even if you win this game, you don't know if you're going to get another one. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And you're you're first. You don't know anything else that's ahead of you. You got to do everything humanly possible to win this football game. Yeah. I mean, no matter what it is. I mean, obviously. And I thought I thought Kenny Pickett said something today uh, when he spoke to the media um, that was. He's like, look, it, the exact quote was something along the lines of, um, "There are things that you can do." If you're banged up to play in an NFL game, mm-hmm. um, something you probably wouldn't do to be the backup quarterback and stand right, there. Yeah, yeah right, right. You but know, you so can get you, yourself ready. Yeah, if you you know there there are things the trainers can do to get you you know into a game if it's questionable. Yes, but if you're if you're hurt, hurt, you're just not going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, in this situation, you know it's all hands on deck, and if you can do it at the same time, the last two weeks, Matt, their leading tacklers, Steelers, yes. Have been two guys who were not on the team. Uh, yeah, I remember you wrote this after the Bengals win. The top three tacklers weren't on the team on yeah. October thirtieth. In, in this last game, once again, Eric Rowe led them in tackles. Did he? I didn't see the tackle numbers. Yeah. I know Jack played every snap. Jack played every snap. He he had eight tackles. Eric Rowe had ten. Wow. And a tackle for a loss. Did they find something there with those two guys? I don't know. I mean, at a minimum. I'm open to the. It's kind of like the Mason Rudolph conversation. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked the about lighter this version with Trenton course, Thompson but, a few weeks ago. Yeah. That, you know, did he earn he, he earned himself at least a chance to come back and as, compete for a spot next year? I'm not opposed to Eric Rowe and Miles Jack being okay. Let's. You know, I'd come like to, to see him in camp. Come to camp next year. Yeah. And let's see if you still got it. And I'd like to see Patrick Peterson as a safety in camp next yeah. year. Or I'd love to see Peterson play <laughs> next to Minka. Hopefully this week and maybe the next week. You know, I mean, you find some things out. Well, I think the so, Peterson thing's, uh, I mean, that's 100% a done deal. You think he's a safety from now on if he's a Steeler? You know I mean, right? I just think that, I think so. that makes a lot of sense. Yes. It puts him in a position to make plays on the football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Might extend his career. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, I think that's a, the logical next step. And he's he's a great guy to have in the locker room. He's yeah. a great guy to, to mentor your young cornerbacks, mm-hmm. uh, some of the other defensive players on this team. He's just a good guy to have in the locker room. It was so apparent when he sat down with us at minicamp, and really everything I've heard from him since, he is so self-aware and smart and knows his strengths and weaknesses and has a great head for the game and the the whole business of it all as well, and I mean that in a positive way. Like, if your safeties next year were Minka, Peterson, and a second-round pick, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> you know, pretty like, good about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, ooh. And he, the second round pick, you just learn from those two. Cool, I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Imagine you could pick the brains of those two guys. Right, right, right. Bring you along a couple slow of uh, a couple like, of all pros. Yeah, you, that's like you know potential really future Hall of Famers. Yep. Uh, you know, I tweeted that out last week. I, I wrote something about P- uh, Peterson in my in my five for Friday. Some of the vitriol that came back on that, I was shocked. Really, he's old. He's too old. He needs to retire. He's not had a good season. I'm like, really. I don't know. I mean, we've said this since he's been signed. He said this since he's been signed. I, I mean, does he want to play every snap man coverage like Joey Porter is against DK Metcalf? No. I mean, that's not why he's here. He was very successful with the Vikings last year on the zone heaviest team in the whole league. Yeah. Just playing the ball, zone eyes, come up and tackle. I think he went four or five interceptions. Five. He the league in interceptions. Yeah. You know, I mean, can't he do that from off the ball? I think he's got the head for it. Yeah. He's got the size for it. 
Certainly. I mean, I'm open to the idea. Yeah, certainly, the uh, I still think he has the ability as well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so you, you know, your leading tacklers were Eric Rowe, Miles Jack, Patrick Peterson was third with three. There were a bunch of he and Ogan Joby were tied with three tackles each. Wow, that was it. Then you look at the the, the Seattle side. Real quick, maybe Rose your fourth safety next year. Yeah, you I, know, mean, I mean, right. Yeah, and again, a guy that's played a lot of football mm-hmm. that you know maybe he likes it here. Yeah, he got know? thrust in the action and he did fine. Uh, you know, the only problem with some of that then becomes the special teams aspect mm-hmm. of everything. But again, if you used a, a draft pick on one, yeah, and you have picks, a veteran contract, yeah. which more than a six round pick, you know. Um, you look at the the Seahawks. Uh, Devin Bush had again seventeen <laughs> tackles, twelve assists, five solo tackles. Okay, so it was a lot Would of never known. In, again, a lot again, of jumping on somebody's back. Right, yeah, right. Uh, Bobby Wagner, fourteen tackles. Mm. Your two inside linebackers combined for thirty one tackles. <laughs> <laughs> you had a long day. Long Julian day. Love had 13 tackles. Right up the middle of your defense. Yeah. 45 tackles. Pretty <laughs> obvious what the Steelers were trying to do and who they're attacking, and it worked. Yeah. I mean, Getting running backs to the second level. That is That was nuts. Yeah. Again, a lot of push, a lot of guys. You know, running backs making space and yardage on their own, but it was also there from the blocking, too. The other thing that I thought was curious about the game, Matt, and I've never been a, a big proponent of this, I, you know, because you used to see, um, even Pickett did this, but Ben Roethlisberger a lot. You see Brady do, get everybody a touch. Oh, I brought this up. I thought this was really interesting. There were four receivers, four guys caught balls. Yeah, Pickens, Johnson, Warren, Fryermuth. He didn't even attempt to pass at anybody else. Five skill guys touched the ball. Yeah, I mean, because Najee was the other one. I mean, yeah. your five best skill guys. You can anyone will agree with that. Your best, most five dangerous players. I know Rudolph had a carry too, but I mean, of your skill dudes, your five best are the only ones that touch the football. The ball flowed through those guys. Yep. It wasn't like ah, we gotta get Austin a touch. We gotta get Washington a touch. I don't care about that. You know, <laughs> Robinson, you're blocking. He was out there a lot. He outsnapped Deontay for the second straight week, which is. There's a reason for that, but it's a little curious too. Um, but yeah, we're getting the balls to our best dudes. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it was a very conscientious effort to do that. And you know, you you saw Pickens and Johnson blocking downfield. Mm-hmm. You saw you know the the tight ends. A lot of the thirteen formation. A lot. Uh, they went heavy with that, and Seattle just had no answer for it. That's why I wanted to bring up Robinson too. Like, I don't think this is the second week in a row Robinson has out snapped Deontay, which. Immediately, alarm bells go off. Like, are they mad at Deontay? I don't think so. No, it's, it's because that in, 13 package. And in 12, he's out there with Pickens more than Deontay is, which is really like 12 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, he's out there to block. But if you can put two receivers on the field, two big receivers with two tight ends, and they're not going to go heavy on you, he's blocking the a, a light safety or a, a, I mean, a slot or somebody like that. Allen Robinson's a 220-pound wide receiver. He's a large man. Yeah. I mean, six three and a half or something yeah. like that. He's big. And so when he gets on a five foot ten cornerback, yeah, 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 yeah. they use him to crack back on on linebackers and a lot. You know, Heinz Ward stuff. Yeah, yeah. right. And so he has value. I don't think he's a great separator or a great receiver, but he can turn around eight yards and get you. You know, move the chains. But what they're doing is being big with the illusion of being little. Yeah, and okay. you're talking about a guy who's been a 100-catch, 1,000-yard receiver Pro in the Bowl, NFL, yeah, yeah, Pro yeah. Bowler, and you've talked him into, hey, Allen, you're going to go out there and block. Yeah, yeah, you're our <laughs> blocking receiver. You know, and and it's a different version than putting Boykin out there when the whole world knows he's out there to block. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you've, it, Austin versus Boykin couldn't be any different. If they come on the field, they tell the thing. They tell the people stuff, you know? So, 
No, it's a good. It's interesting usage. Yeah, it really is. And you know, again, they've they've done this now two weeks in a row. Um, hit the uh, hit the deep passes, uh, move the football, run the football well. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew going into this game that it was going to be a run heavy game. They had forty six rushing attempts. Wow, forty six. Forty six. Wow. <laughs> People talking about yeah, that was a really balanced offense. I'm like. Was balance. it? <laughs> there was no I mean, balance whatsoever. 50-50 isn't even balanced in today's <laughs> NFL, let alone 46 rushes. I mean, how many passes did Rudolph throw? 24. Okay, that's They dropped back to pass. He had, it, they had one sack, so he was he dropped back to pass 24 times and got sacked once. Yeah, that's not balanced at all. <laughs> I mean, the, the passing game worked great. I mean, I honestly, mean, it, that's, that's, not that's almost... 67% runs. It's two to one, right? That never happens in the that NFL. That doesn't happen in the NFL unless you're running out the clock and you know, you were up by 40 in the fourth quarter, just hand the ball out to get out of there. Yeah. And you ended up now, you know, before earlier in the game, this was much higher than this, mm-hmm. but they ended up averaging 4.4 yards a carry, which doesn't look, you know, oh, they didn't, they, you know. there was also fourth and ones, third and ones, some of that quarterback sneak stuff, you know. Yeah. But, and, and late in the game, like... I think their the, longest run was, what, 33 yards? They had a 23-yarder. 23-yarder. Actually, both running backs had 23-yard runs. Okay. Uh, but if you looked but at it... a lot of explosives. The first half, it was 24 carries for 145 yards. That's six yards a carry. Mm-hmm. And then the, 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 the Seahawks adjusted, came out, run some bear front and things yeah. of that nature yeah, yeah, yeah. that tr- just to slog up the running game, and that's when Rudolph's able to hit the ball. Mm-hmm. All right, I, okay, you're going to do that? Boop over the top to, to Pickens and Johnson. Yeah, and we talk, like it shocked me when we went through their depth chart one week ago that they called Draymond Jones an outside linebacker because he's like 290 pounds. He's yeah. 6'5". Well, it's because everybody's too little. I mean, they had to put big bodies out yeah. there, and therefore the box gets crowded, and then you hit stuff over the top. You know, that's, this is football 101. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you can do one thing well, it makes the other thing easier. Yeah, it opens everything else up. Uh, We're going to get to another break. He is the Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back to finish up hour number one right after this. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally. He is the Matt Williamson. And Matt, we haven't talked about this and we haven't talked, but it is, is germane to the situation this week because the official... The officiating crew for this week's mm. Steelers uh, oh, I don't even know who Ravens is. game is one Brad Allen and his crew. Is it really? <laughs> wow. So my initial reaction to that gaffe was people were making too big a deal out of it, yada, yada. And then I looked more into it. It was egregious. <laughs> and it might cost the Lions a home game. You know, I mean, it probably cost them a number two seed yeah. in, the, in the NFC. So if they play Dallas again, it's in Dallas most likely. Yeah. As opposed to the other way around, we know how good Dallas is at home. We know how good Goff is at home. And I initially thought, like, eh, both you teams are complaining, but you're both going to be in the playoffs. You'll be fine, blah, blah, blah. Campbell shouldn't have went forward on after the penalty and those type of things. And there was some weird stuff going on. But that stuff can't happen. No. I mean, that's this it, isn't, it's he, embarrassing. He was involved in – that crew was involved in a, in a little snafu um, – a few weeks ago as well hmm. um, in a game. To me, so apparently Dan Campbell, the Lions head coach, went to the officiating crew before the game and said, hey, we're going to run a yeah. – uh, we're going we've got a special exactly play. exactly how this stuff works. Yeah, we got a special play here. Here's what we're going to do. Um, you know, watch out for it. The problem to me was that the Lions tried to have some subterfuge – they had a bunch of linemen and mulling sent around. Three, three linemen right. over 
to talk to, so one of them could declare. Yes. And so, in a way, they made things more complex than it had to be, but it was on. That's how they drew it up. Yeah. But they were almost too good at what they did because it screwed with the ref a little bit. But you're right. Like, there is a time that the head coach can talk to the referees before every game and they will say, Keep, please keep an eye out for this or blah, blah, blah. Like, I was listening to Nate Tice, whose dad is Mike Tice, and he was losing his mind about this. <laughs> and he used the example. He's like, my dad, when he was head coach of the Vikings, was going to do something strange formationally. So he got a, one of those little whiteboards, drew it up for the referees, and said, this is how we're going to align. Do you have any problems with that? No. That they, way you don't get an illegal, you know, in the, in the heat of the moment— they see it. They haven't seen it before, and they throw a flag. That's an illegal formation. Exactly. And Tice was talking about it. He's like, so my dad calls that play. We align exactly as he does. I can show you on tape. And they flag us for it. <laughs> and he loses his mind. <laughs> like, we went through this. You know, yeah. like, here's we, – we had this conversation. Do you have any problem with this formation? No. We ran it. Flag. Ah. Like, I'm sure that's what Campbell did. I mean, yeah. he had to tell them – we're planning on doing some weird stuff here. That definitely happened in the pregame conversation. Now, what they didn't do, and if, if you see the video of it, um, Taylor Decker, who was the guy he who was, caught the pass. He was yeah. the one who caught the pass. He's the usual left tackle. The usual left tackle. He aligns outside of the other tackle who had mm-hmm. reported in the backup. So he's like, like a tight end. When you report to the officials, you're supposed to rub across your, as, as mm. Randy Feekter always called it, the nipple rubber. Oh, okay. Because that's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're I'm number sixty nine. Yeah. or I'm that lets them know. Well. Even if you, they don't hear you yeah. audibly, they can see visually that that's what you're doing. Okay. But because they wanted to try to hide it from Dallas, who was going to be the eligible there, mm-hmm. which the official is supposed to tell the defense, which is why he announces well, they put it, on the on the live. They announce yeah. it. So in that situation, he announced that the the guy who had come into the game was the eligible, which made that an illegal formation. It shouldn't have been. Okay. They called it ineligible touching, I believe, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was because it was an off- offensive lineman. But it should have been. It should have been a uh, illegal formation because an in, in, ineligible. In yeah. You should never even let the play go off. Right. Right. Okay. Um, the one thing I know they do, and I forget his name. He was a second year guard out of Kentucky, who's like six five, three ten. He's usually their sixth guy. Yeah. But they didn't do it that way this time to kind of throw things off. Side note, and this is kind of a Ravens note. Remember a couple years ago, the Patriots and Ravens would always like align a tight end at guard. And like, you never knew who was eligible and who isn't like the NFL needs to eliminate that. Like to me, the two people next to the center to his right and left, and the center should never be able to go out, no matter who aligns right. where. I mean, like, just doesn't matter stop. what, you know, what put, number you're on. You or put five guys on on the left side of the of yeah. the tight or the uh, center, fine. But the two guys who are on the right side of the center can't can't just can't move. I yeah. mean, whoever those five are not allowed to go downfield. Period. And would then that just end all this? I mean, I don't care. Well, if you if you remember, the, the Ravens did that a few years ago. That's what I mean. When they had a guard go up because he that's reported what I was trying eligible. to remember. Yeah, because. Right, it was somebody from the interior lines running routes. It was them and the Patriots went back and forth on this yeah. over and over. Like, this is not what people want to see for one thing, and it's confusing. And the game happens too fast. You can't have guards running patterns. No, no. <laughs> you know? So, in, in, uh, to me, I think both parties were a little bit wrong in mm-hmm. that situation because if Allen was unsure about 
who was the eligible, yeah, right. the referee. It's an undown time, an un, untimed down. It's a two point like play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can just stop us. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, let's 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 sort. Go sort to the co- go to the coaching yeah. staff and say which one did you want eligible, mm-hmm. and then announce it. And then, like you said, it might have been a pre snap penalty. Right. Yeah, I mean, if, if these guys are aligned wrong, yeah. Still. Because it's my, it's my understanding he waited. I mean, the clock, the play clock was running down, and he, you know, quick announced that the, you know, so nobody had an opportunity to say, "Whoa, that's not the right guy," or okay. whatever. Um, that whole phase of personnel to me is too more confusing. Than it needs to be, and the viewers don't like it, and the defense is a little bit of an unfair. Well, even advantage. in that situation, Matt, the flag came in well after the play had been run. Mm-hmm. Oh, well after. Like, well after. Conspicuously yeah. after, right. Like, who's eligible? Like, who they're isn't? celebrating no, the they're touchdown. They're running right. off the field, and all of a sudden the flag comes out. And, no, that's a, he's an ineligible receiver mm-hmm. downfield. Yeah, well after. So, I, I don't know. I think the league needs to clear that stuff up big time. But the refs certainly are to blame, too. It shouldn't happen, and it shouldn't happen in a high-profile game like oh, that. Yeah, it sh- it's a playoff-caliber type of game. Right? Yeah. Right. You, God forbid something like that happen in the playoffs. Absolutely. But even if it happens in week four and some coach ends up getting fired because one oh, boss yeah. left, you know, right. I mean, it's because not of, so great. Because of a, a rules interpretation. Yeah, yeah. Or somebody just screwing up. Again, you miss a hold, you miss a pass that interference. Happens. That's always going to happen till yeah. the end of time. So what? You know, uh, uh, an umpire has a strike zone bigger than the next guy. Fine. Whatever. Hockey guys you get away with more. Yeah. So what? You know, but if I can't do procedural things, we have problems. Yeah. So... You know, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs, uh, which is why I brought it up on Brad Allen this week. No, so this is his game right This after, is This so. is his game, the first game And it's also that. a national game and a yeah. standalone game. Wow. I thought he might get, like, suspended or something. I don't know how that stuff works with refs. I mean, I don't know who, you know, was it his fault? Was it one of the other guys? I mean, they get a report to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that was, you know, on him or if, you know. I've heard things. Well, he won't. They won't get a right. playoff game this year. Well, that's great. Okay. Yeah, people tell that to the Detroit Lion fans. Oh, wait. oh, he's not going to get a playoff game this year. Well, okay, we're going to get one home game. So potentially, we would have got we would have gotten two home games. So did the <laughs> chances of Pat McCarry or Chuk Sakorafor or Broderick Jones catching a pass go up in this game? Are <laughs> <laughs> uh, we going to see a big man touchdown and just controversy galore across the entire NFL because of who's the ref now? Is that an advantage all of a sudden? Like, I don't know. Uh, I hope not. Yeah. No. Um, so they got that going for them, which isn't nice. One added wrinkle, yeah. Yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Um, we'll see if that has any impact on the game. Hopefully it does not, and the Steelers just take care of business and right. be done with it. And, what a horrible way to get eliminated if well, Pat McCarry catches a touchdown, even could, though he wasn't eligible. Could you or imagine? Oh, could you geez. imagine? Yeah. Uh, anyways, we're going to get to a break. <laughs> He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly. Uh, you're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. That is going to do it for hour number one. We will be back with hour number two right after this. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 